You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I am your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. And welcome back, everybody. We are uh, doing this uh, a little ahead of time. Again, like last week's episode, we're recording it a little in advance, because right now, as you're listening, we are heavy into production week on the film Out of Body. Yes. So this will come out while we are in production on that, so we're recording it ahead of time. Booyah. That's why if something earth-shattering has happened in the last week, we're not talking about it right now, because we don't know it's going to happen yet. We don't. Just imagine our naivete right now. Ooh. Yeah. And from from your position here in the future, look back at us and how blithely unaware we were. I think I'm pretty aware of how shitty things are. (laughs) (laughs) We are, yeah. There's a lot of bad news out there, and we are here to help combat it. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. By talking about bad news and finding what good came from it. And laughing at it. Yes. Uh, So how are you this week, Jason T. Gaffney? I'm glorious. Good. Glad to hear it. I'm glorious. We, uh, before we recorded this, Mm -hmm. we did a little photo shoot for the movie, and so uh, at some point once this airs... I might release the photo that we end up using in the movie so oh. people can have a little bit of excitement. I'm, I'm so glad. It's uh, basically to make a prop for the movie mm-hmm. where uh, Kevin's character Malcolm has taken author headshots right. for when he finally finishes his novel. Yep. And uh, it, it's good. Yeah, well, I Kevin's hope so. Kevin's very photogenic. Oh, stop. Literally stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, to get to production. Yeah. And as this is, you know, airing, we are full in it. So I'm just imagining how fun that's going to be. We're almost right to the wire on it now. There's some, uh, let's just say there's some takes that I can't wait to see you do. <laughs> because I can't wait of, to take them. Yes, they're funny. They're, <laughs> I already know they're funny, just based on how I know you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So thanks again for having me in the film. Yeah. It's also uh, really wonderful to keep coming here and doing this. I'm having such a good time doing it. So. Me too. I hope our listeners are having half as much fun. Indeed. <laughs> All right, shall we jump into the show? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I want to jump in. Get right to it, right? I want to do the polar plunge or whatever oh, it's called. Well, act funny you should mention that, actually, because no. this week's bright spot... Uh, has to do with people jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Well, well you said it. Um, that... But that's not the bright spot, obviously. Just... <sighs> okay, look, people commit suicide sometimes. Yeah. Okay. That's not a bright spot. But No, it is not. So let me keep talking. So it is um, this particular police officer, uh, Kevin Briggs of the California Highway Patrol. All right, Kevin been... Briggs. <laughs> has been stationed at the Golden Gate Bridge since 1994. Okay. And in that time, he is credited with saving over 200 people's lives. Uh, Seriously? Yes, absolutely, because the Golden Gate Bridge is a notoriously well-known place uh, that people jump off to commit suicide. I mean, it happens a lot. Uh, (laughs) But he has, over the years, encountered so many distraught people who are in that, uh, they're at his place of work, basically, on the bridge. Right. And he has taken to going to them, talking to them, 
and talking them down. And it's been over 200 people since 1994. Wow. So, you know, suicide does happen. But a lot of times, people who are just connected with in that moment, which could be their last moment, right. pull back from that because they recognize it's a it's a connection back to a world that they don't think that they have anymore. Right. And he's been providing that for over 200 people since 1994. So Thank that's you. why Kevin Briggs... California Highway Patrol Officer Kevin Briggs is our bright spot this week. We just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that. Thank you, Kevin. Those acts and say thank you and you're you're doing God's work. You thank know? you, Kevin, for telling me about Kevin. You're welcome. You're welcome. And that's actually how he does it too. What he was what he was talking about in in, in the article I read was that he doesn't go up and just start confronting them and saying you need to come down from there or you know life is worth living or anything like that. He goes to them and says, "Hi, I'm Kevin." And just starts talking to them. I love that. You know, so I love any I love any conversation that starts with "Hi, I'm Kevin." I'm just gonna start <laughs> going up to people and saying that. And they're hi, gonna I'm be, Kevin. And then they're gonna say, "Oh, hi, Kevin." I'll go, "Oh no, my name's Jason." Yeah, and that's when they'll run. <laughs> so that's that's not a good idea for you. But they won't jump. I, it's a good idea for me. Yeah. Because my name is Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but not a good idea for you. Yeah. Sorry, right. you can't have everything, Jason. Uh, you can't have "Hi, I'm Kevin." I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. Okay, bye. Okay. Okay, thank you, next. That's that's what I had for the bright spot. You know, suicide is terrible, but that person is working really, really hard uh, in addition to doing his actual job. Right. Because that's not his job. He's a highway patrol officer. That's his job. Right. But, in a, you know, in his spare time, he's a fucking superhero who saves people. All right. So, You better you. put on a cape. <laughs> like capes. That's what I have for you. Why would you like capes? You There's, like butts, and capes cover butts. Uh, except when you're running, and oh. the cape is flowing. All right. So you like capes when they're running, so you can still see the butts clad in tights. Of course. Okay. Hey, that makes total sense. So that is the bright spot. And uh, Jason T. Gaffney, why don't you tell me about what the hell we're talking about this week? All right. Give it to me. You ready for it? I hope so. Mass hysteria. I'm always here for that. Beasts of burden. Asses. Southwest military experiment gone wrong. Um. Okay. Okay, it sounds like, I'm just gonna, I don't have any idea what you're talking about, but it sounds like, just from the context clues, that what happened was sometimes, ah, I know what this was. This is when that they would pack donkeys, saddlebags, with TNT, they would just lay a lot of dynamite on top of donkeys, and they would send them into caves to blast holes for the railroad. That's wrong. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're going to talk about the red ghost of Arizona. What? Yeah. Fine. That sounds way better than my thing, <laughs> which was sad, because all those donkeys died. I know. The donkeys are like, what I do to you? Terrible. All right. So, the red ghost of Arizona was a camel... Okay. With something attached to its back that terrorized the locals of Arizona what? for years in the 1800s. What are you talking about? So, I guess you're wondering, how did a camel end up in Arizona? I was wondering that. I'm glad you asked. Great. <laughs> a long time ago, before the Civil War, the U.S. Army opted to bring camels over to start a United States Camel Corps. What? Yep. For what? Multiple majors and army folks started telling the government and the high up, uh, basically, that they should invest in camels for the army to help them get across 
awful terrain. Camels. It's the wave of the future. Yeah. What this what thing? What is this? A camel? <laughs> Make every day hump day. <laughs> so, all right. They're basically telling people, we got to get camels. And okay. all the people in the government are like, I don't know about that, you see. Why are they getting, what What are the camels for? It's to help them cross again, across the desert. Okay. They're like, we need to get across the desert somehow, and all the camels other animals. seem pretty good at that. Yeah. Let's talk to them. It wasn't until Senator Jefferson Davis of Mississippi brought it up a second time in 1845. Jefferson Davis, who would be the president of the Confederate States? Correct. Cool. Back when... Great. Let's let's hear his origin story. Well, <laughs> basically, he brought it up a second time in 1845, okay. and Congress actually considered it. Up to this point, they didn't really have any deserts to cross, but by then, they did. Ah. So on March 3rd... Oh, America hadn't gotten so far as the deserts yet? Yes. Okay. On March 3rd, 1855, Congress would give $30,000 for the Camel Military Experiment. Okay. They would have Major Henry C. Wayne lead the division, and he would head over to the Middle East in mid-1855 alongside Lieutenant David Dixon Porter. Okay. To go get some camels. All right. He would buy... 33 camels, 19 women, and 14 men. Okay. Camels. It's, it's, it's funny to hear them described as being men and women. Uh, well, well, camels are people, too. Male and female yeah. camels. Sure. Well, they're people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he bought 33 camels yes. in the Middle East. Yes. All right. He would also get supplies. For the army. This is weird. Yeah. Okay. He would also buy supplies for riding the camels and uh, using them as transportation of goods. Okay. So, like, packs and stuff like that. All right. Was this specifically for, like, military use? Yeah. Okay. So, they don't have railroads that go across. Is that what the idea is? So, the idea is, basically, if you need to cross those kinds of distances, here's a pack animal right. who doesn't need a lot of water, uh, not as much as a horse or a donkey would, and can get the job done. Right. For uh, cheaper, I guess. Yeah. Okay. He would also hire five men. And uh, head back to the U.S. in early 1856. Okay. So. <laughs> he left just him and the lieutenant. Came back with 33 camels, five camel trainers. And yep. then, yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. I mean, he, he left an army officer. He came back a circus freak. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love it. He's like, do a trick for me, camel. And the mm -hmm. camel was like. <laughs> it's true. So. At this time, people were still debating how long a camel could actually survive without water. They're trying to figure that out. <laughs> There's a real easy way to figure it out, <laughs> by the way. However, <laughs> Lieutenant David Dixon Porter told the men in charge of feeding and caring for the animals that there was to be no experimentation on the animals. Oh, well, They had okay. strict regiments as to when they ate, drank, etc. Okay. They're like, you will not dehydrate this camel. I understand. This he, camel has to drink. He got very military about yeah. it. At 0500, the camel will drink, mm -hmm. whether it wants to or not. And the camel's like, now. <laughs> and he's like, you will drink. So anyway, <laughs> they ended up losing... You ever seen a camel do 20 push-ups? <laughs> <laughs> the camel's like, fuck you. <laughs> so they ended up losing one of the male camels on the voyage, but... What, over the side? What? No, he died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, bye, bitches. Yeah, I don't know what's coming, but it doesn't sound good, so <laughs> I'm out. 
two of the female camels had babies, so they netted one. Oh, that's a plus of one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So and those two were anchor camels, so those were American citizen camels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anchor camel babies. <laughs> oh. So when he ended up getting back to the U.S., Major Wayne took the camels to Camp Verde, Texas, mm-hmm. and Porter was sent back to the Middle East to get some more camels. Oh. They're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be good. More get camels. More. Yeah. So The when... answer is more camels. <laughs> I got a fever. And the, the only, only thing that can cure it is some more anchor camels. Yeah. When he ended up getting back a year later, he would bring another 41 camels. Good God. He also hired nine more men and a boy to help with the camels. <laughs> This sounds like the opening population of Arizona. <laughs> Is that where we're getting? It's all—it's a real sausage party. <laughs> this is becoming very many people and camels. So, I've got a dream, you see? It's a place filled with camels and men. Yeah, we already have that. It's called the Middle East. <laughs> no, but I want it here. <laughs> we're doing it here. Yeah. Okay, eventually, the camel test started. Wait, I thought we said no experimentation on the camels. Right. Well, until I say. <laughs> <laughs> but before they could actually fully start, a new president took charge of the land. Mm-hmm. A new president election and everything. And the military men got moved around. <laughs> and on his first presidential daily brief, he said, what? We're doing what? Yeah. With camels? So Lieutenant Edward F. Beale would become the new head in charge of camels. Okay. And in charge of all the experiments. Okay. He was famous in the West for enlisting at the age of 14. Whoa. And then 10 years later, helping to save a bunch of men in the Mexican-American War. He was basically prime real estate for the military. Sounds like it. They're like... 24-year-old hero. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he was like a real go-getter. And uh, so... Yeah, he went and got 10 people and saved their lives. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to save these people. And then the bad guys were like, okay, do it. And he's like, I did. And <laughs> he was really like, charismatic. Yeah. That's how he just he charmed his way into. So before long, he and the camels would be put into action. Okay. He fell in love with the camels. Oh. And he would learn what he considered their native tongue of Arabic because he was worried that they might be homesick. That's amazing. He's like, we going to learn. He learned Arabic yeah. so that he could talk to the camels better? Yeah. I love this guy. He is quoted as writing, quote, my admiration for the camels increases daily with my experience of them. So he's like, these animals are great. Yeah. And he had good reason to feel this way. Because camels are miracles? <laughs> Every time you laugh, a camel gets its hump. <laughs> They're like angels. <laughs> so, all right. The reason he felt this way is that they did trips where there would be long stretches of no water. Mm-hmm. And they found that the camels did amazingly. Well, that's why they got them for. Yeah. On I mean, these- my, it's like, guys, I thought, okay, it started as a joke. I'll admit that. It started as a joke. But it turns out camels really can go a long way with wild water. What? It's a really good idea. You're shitting me. No. They can? Yeah. They so, really like, can. this wasn't just, like, we needed to spend extra taxpayer dollars and we didn't know what to spend it on? So. Initially it was. But now it's, it, it turned out to be good. It be a good idea. All right. Yeah. I, I think mean, promotions all around. It's a boondoggle that made good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically on these trips, they would find that the horses and mules all suffered and performed very badly. Mm-hmm. But the camels couldn't be bothered. Camels They're just like, like... Fucking wimps. Yeah. <laughs> Amateur. Yeah. Yeah. I crossed the Sahara when I was only two. <laughs> 
So you can't even cross the Mojave. Yeah. And you say you're native here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, on one of the trips in 1859, a camel got bitten by a rattlesnake, but didn't show any signs of a normal rattlesnake bite. Okay. They cleaned the wound, but most people and animals would be like, dude, what the fuck? I'm dying. The camel was like, whatever, bitch. I'm fabulous. Jesus, really? Yeah. And they're like, these camels are great. Yeah. They can. The camels are kind of miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, this is really working out. Yeah. I'm so glad. That same journey with the rattlesnake confirmed to the military officially that camels could travel vast distances without water and were perfect for the desert. I love that we needed to spend $30,000 to find out the camels are good without water and walk a long way. That's good. That's good. All we need to do now is teach them how to shoot. <laughs> and then they'll be the perfect military fucking Super animal. camels. <laughs> Say hello They're- to my little... The only- Say hello to my little friend, Muhammad, the camel. <laughs> They're only the only thing bad about them is the lack of uh, opposable thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> they can't grip. So good. So even though camels were basically like God's gift to the military in the desert, right? Sure. Most of the military and cavalry men did not care for the camels. Not only because camels were foreign, and they hated foreign things, but because... uh, Even those two native-born camels? They did (laughs) They're like, you still different. They're like, that's a loophole. Yeah. Uh, But also because back when they had horses and mules, they were basically allowed to beat their animals mercilessly, and the animals wouldn't, wouldn't fight back. Oh, so the camels take all the fun out of it. But the camels fought back. Ooh. Right. Quote from AmericanHeritage.com, quote, one of the army muleteers was practicing loading a camel. Muleteer? I love that's a mule trainer, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I wanna, I, I wanna be an a tier. A tier. Just, just have a thing and just <laughs> add a tier to it. I'm a musk muleteer. When I, you know, I'm a pretty good driver. I like driving. I'm gonna be a drive a tier. Yes, drive a tier. Nice. So what are you? What are you doing? I'm being a shopateer. Yes. I'm the best shopateer there is, because uh, I'm broke. Anyway, sorry. The muleteers said what? The muleteers were uh, was practicing loading a camel and piled on too much to suit the beast. Uh-huh. It groaned and complained in the usual camel fashion and refused to rise. Mm-hmm. The muleteer kicked it in the belly. The camel turned its head and spat full in his face a huge and foul-smelling wad yes. of cud. Yes. Wild with rage. And he also yelped him. This muleteer kicks. Uh, One One star. (laughs) Wild with rage, the muleteer grabbed a club and swung it at the animal's head. The camel dodged easily Uh. and (laughs) emitted a shrill, hair-raising scream and raked the man's arm to the bone with its giant tusk-like incisors. Fucking hell. Yeah. He, like, degloved the fucker. (laughs) I just love the idea that the camel was like, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be a mule or a a horse seeing that going, wait, we can do that? Yeah. We can fight back? That's fantastic. (laughs) And then the horses and mules rose up. <laughs> and that's why they're our lords now. That's why Montana is run entirely by farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, 
So Lieutenant Beal was really bummed uh, for the by the hate for the camels from his men. Oh. He's like, why don't you love them? Just don't swing clubs at them. This is not hard. And he basically recognized that this would be, basically, this would would have been a complete success if they could overcome their differences. <laughs> He's like, we just have to get along. <laughs> if the camel and the American could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> One man likes to swing a club, the camel likes to spit his cub, and that's the reason why they can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Standing out. Thank you. <laughs> So, before long, Lieutenant Beale was moved away from the camel department. No. And his he's re- the only one who liked them. I know. Well, they're all going to get murdered. <laughs> well, his replacement, who didn't really care about the camels, <laughs> ended up starting turning a blind eye to the men. Yeah, who... he was appointed by Trump. Yeah. Yeah. You, in his first official act of overseeing the department was nullifying it. Yeah. Basically, he turned a blind eye to his men, who happened uh, when they were on duty to allow some of them to escape or they they escaped us i don't know what happened boss they just uh Just I don't know. Them. They they got big incisors, so they chewed through this rope. You know, camels. Yeah. All right, camels. They're just like, spitting up a storm. Who knows? I don't know. He saw some sand, and he couldn't help himself. Yeah, <laughs> he he heard the call of nature, <laughs> call of the wild. The project would be ended during the Civil War, and the camels that were left in the army's care would be auctioned off to people who wanted camels. <laughs> It's like, hey, anybody want a camel? Want a camel? I got a camel. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Well, the sad thing is that one of the camel brothers that was born here fought for the north, and one of the camel brothers fought for the south. <laughs> it, it was a war that split camels apart. Oh, it was tragic. It was. So some of the mining companies were like, yes, please. Sure, I'll take a camel. I want You're a camel. camels away? Sure. All right. So now that we know the history of how camels got here. Okay. And all that fascinating information, it right? It was. Let's get to the part where a ghost yeah. terrorized rural Arizona. Okay. Now, as I mentioned before, some of the camels went missing, in quotes. Oh, Basically, sure. they were released. Yeah. And a lot of them uh, were now just in the wild. Okay. Right? In America. Cool. In America. All right. The ghost would make its first appearance in early spring of 1883. Wow, that's like 30 years later almost. Yeah. Okay. In Eagle Creek, southeast Arizona, okay. there were a bunch of ranches. So it's really rural. Okay. Like rural as rural can get. Okay. You know, boonies. It's the sticks. Yeah. Sure. They had just gone through the Apache Wars, and the war was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. But as with all wars, uh, certain members of opposing sides would continue to fight even if they weren't supposed to anymore. They're okay. like, we're going to still kill you Somebody because... Somebody didn't get the memo. Yeah. So, you know, every now and then the... Based on the tomahawk that's buried in his sternum, I think somebody didn't get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he know that we were done fighting? How rude. <laughs> so this particular ranch that we're at had two women and two men. Humans. Hand. These yes. are humans this time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, like, that's why I'm confused when you say that sometimes. <laughs> you can handle it. And they had a handful of children. Okay. Humans. Human children. Okay, great. The men went out to see how many sheep were killed during the latest raid and or how many sheep had ran away, been swiped, etc. Okay. They're like, we got to figure out what's going on with our sheep, mm-hmm. which left the women of the house alone and in charge. 
they were used to this, having gone through the terrible war. Sure. And basically, they were supposed to stay close to home in case the band of natives came back to kill again. Like, that's okay. their plan, basically. Well, after the men left, the day was really calm. It's like super calm and chill out. Right? Cool. And was like, great, this is awesome. Fantastic. I and love one it. of the women was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the nearby spring that's only a few yards away from the house mm-hmm. to get some water, I think. Yeah. I'm thirsty. I feel like I'm not going to get murdered today. Yeah. I, I feel it just feels like a non-murdery day. It feels really like a, Loving good, it. a good day. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> so the spring was surrounded with beautiful willow trees. Mm. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, you know what? It's sunny out. There's no Perfect one throwing axes at us. Right. We're feeling good. Yeah, no arrows. Here. Yeah. The American dream. Yeah. Only... <laughs> Only a few minutes after she had left the house to get the water, mm-hmm. the family dog lost its fucking mind. Okay. <laughs> the other woman that was left in the house then heard screams. Okay. Lots of them. Oh. The other woman of the ranch ran over to the window to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And what she saw was what she described basically as something huge, red, and was being rowed by the devil. <gasps> She set up a barricade at her home's door and prayed all day in fear of what she saw and what she had heard. Okay. Later that night, the two men would come home and find her still in hysterics. What's the, what's the lady killed at the spring? We'll get there. Get there now. They decided that they needed to go find out what had happened to the woman who had gone to get water. Yeah, I decided that too. I decided that for them. Go, guys. So they grabbed some torches Yeah. and they went into the basement. No, I'm kidding. What? Because the ghost story... Shut up. The call's not coming from inside the house. There's no phone. Go outside. (laughs) They grabbed some torches, and they went over to the spring area with the beautiful willow trees, remember? I don't care. And they found her. Oh. What they found, though, was quite gruesome. Yeah. The body of the water woman was almost completely flat, having been trampled repeatedly. Oh. They also saw cloven hoof prints in the mud nearby. Oh. And in the beautiful willow trees were long red hairs stuck to them. Oh, my God. So the family... Rep- so, yeah, the devil. Yeah. Yeah. The family reported the story, and the local coroner, when he heard it, became mighty suspicious. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not sure. I think this was a class that she got killed by people in the family, and this is a weird cover-up kind of story. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. But once he went there and saw the hoof prints and the flat body, he was like, well, damn, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a short-lived mystery. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically allowed for her final verdict of death to be classified as, quote, death in some manner unknown. Whoa. Yeah, okay. like, which is that- really uncommon back then. very much how I want my, my, my death certificate to read. <laughs> death in some manner unknown. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't just, I don't know. It's gross, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, I it's just, a mess. He's flat. One arm's missing. No one knows. Hairs in the willow. I don't. That's it. I think probably he was trampled by the devil. I, probably. Probably. But we all know we can't say that. The so. devil is wily. You yeah. don't know. <laughs> So this story then got reported to the Mojave County Miner, a local newspaper. An ER, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't go tell some kid. <laughs> the little kid's like, hear ye, hear ye, strange woman killed by devil. Like, <laughs> like, My wife was trampled by the devil. Oh, I'm five. Why are you telling me that? 
<laughs> I just wanted a juice box. Okay, so they went and reported this to the newspaper. Um, and only a few days later did the next sighting happen. Mm-hmm. Two gold men, uh, prospectors, I guess oh, they're called. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe now you're calling nuggets of gold, man. No. I don't know. <laughs> you're real capricious with the naming of gender things. Gold are people, too. Gold is people, too. Yeah. So, anyway, the prospectors... Two, so, two Oscar statues. <laughs> with their cute little butts. They were panning for gold in Chase's Creek. Okay. And, honestly, the real mystery of the story is who is Chase, and how did he come to own the creek? Uh... That is a real mystery. Yeah. We, we don't know. We'll never find out. We will never know. No. Anyway. Because we will never care. They're at this creek. I care. <laughs> and this creek was only a few miles northeast of Eagle Creek, where the other ranch was. Sure. Where Flat Lady is. The real question is, how do eagles own property? <gasps> Mind blown. Mm-hmm. So the two prospectors, mm-hmm. they went to bed that night in their tent, and they went to sleep. Together? Well, yeah, I had one tent. I don't think they were broke back mountaining it. Well, who knows? I Actually, can imagine it if, they, if I want to. So they were spooning each other. Sure. And it was really cute and romantic. Adorable. Only they were awoken by a hate crime. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> by a very loud screaming sound right before their tent would collapse down over them. Really? Yeah. When they got clear of the tent's materials, they looked over to where they had heard very loud hoof sounds. Okay. And what they saw was basically an impossibly tall horse taking off into the night. Sure. They ran back to the main mining camp and told the other men. Everyone was spooked. But they were also like, like, Why were you off together? And (laughs) We had to go find gold by ourselves. Uh We like to put gold up our butts and eat beans. You are hilarious. (laughs) So everyone's spooked, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like, We also should go look. Sure. Like, I'm really scared, but I'll go look if you go look. Definitely. Yeah. So you're gonna go look? I'm, go- I'm going. Well, then I'm gonna go. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not even afraid. Yeah. No. Well, then I'm not afraid. I'm not. I never was. I I didn't piss myself. You pissed myself. I did. I did. I pissed all over you. you don't do that next time. It was a domination thing, though. Not a fair. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not, not not a fear thing. So they went. Mm-hmm. And they found the giant hoof prints. Mm-hmm. And they found the long red hairs. Mm-hmm. They had seen the devil, the red ghost. Yes. Now most people who heard the corroborated stories from the miners would smile and say, "Sure, Jan." <laughs> okay. But uh, you know, apparently back then, tall tales were like the best way to stay entertained when you were out west near a campfire. True. And people were feeling like the red ghost was quickly becoming a tall tale. Okay. They're like, I don't know about this whole devil riding a horse thing. Yeah, well, right. the devil's gonna ride anything. I think a devil would ride a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. Yeah. So, Why all right. Do all animals sound exactly the same. I have a finite number of animal accents. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Basically, people are like, "This is becoming a tall tale." We don't know if we believe this, and rightfully so, because after that, a man claimed to have found the red ghost. And followed it, only to have it fade away to nothing in front of him in thin air. Okay. Then another man told folks that it was real, and he got a prime time viewing spot to watch it kill and then eat up a whole grizzly bear. Oh, shit. So basically, people are, like, going in on this. Yeah. 
It wasn't until about a month after the woman died at Eagle Creek that someone started to figure out what the fuck was going on. Okay. Eighty miles northwest of Eagle Creek was a river named Salt River. Okay. There was a rancher out there named Cyrus Hamblin. Okay. He was out in the world doing what ranchers do. Ranching. Searching for lost cows and the such. Sure. Ranching. Ranching away. Ranching away. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently you have to be able to rock climb as well because he climbed up a bare ridge okay. so that he could see the area the area better. Sure. And when he got to the top, he stumbled upon a site he never thought he, that he would see in rural Arizona. He it was, was a 7-Eleven. <laughs> Just one 7-Eleven all alone mm-hmm. with the, uh, the little hot dog thing working. It was he the was first so franchise excited. in America. Yeah. And that's the 7-Eleven origin story. Thanks for listening, guys. Sure, thank you. And they're still selling that one hot dog. Same <laughs> one. So he ended up seeing a giant animal that was red roaming around beneath him. Mm. At first, he started to panic. Because he couldn't quite make it out due to the leaves and such. Mm -hmm. But as the animal came into view, he saw that it was, in fact, a camel. Okay. Now. What a shock. (laughs) Now, Cyrus happened to be someone who was just a little bit more educated on different types of animals than some of the others who had seen the red ghost. Oh, I see. So he, like, knew what it is. He's like, I figured out what the red ghost is. Oh, turns out it's not that particular animal with the devil riding a horse. It's a camel. It's a camel. But... He did notice something else. Okay. He saw that the camel had something that was attached to the hump on the camel's back. Cyrus thought it looked like a dead man, basically stuck onto the camel. Oh. Now, Cyrus was not known for telling tall tales or lying because he had no imagination right. and preferred a very literal view of the world. He's a rancher. So when he told... <laughs> Ranchers don't lie. Ranchers don't. They Gib. don't tell tales. We don't. Ranchers don't. Exaggerate. Yeah. So when he told people about this, basically, they were all like, wait a minute. He might be onto something. Mm-hmm. But they struggled with the idea that there was a dead man on the back of said camel. Camel? Okay. Dead man? Unlikely. I mean, dead person seems way more likely in the American Southwest than a camel. <laughs> to exactly. Okay, sure. However, the next sighting of the red ghost would confirm what Cyrus had claimed about the dead man. It would take place about 60 miles away from Cyrus's ranch near Verde River. Okay. There were five more prospectors out and about, right? Mm-hmm. And they saw the ghost. He was okay. eating. It was eating? It was eating grass. Oh, grass. Okay. So they did what most idiots with guns do. Yeah. They picked them up and started shooting at it. Okay. They're like, we got to shoot at it. Yeah, but it's a camel. So it was like, excuse me? <laughs> the camel ran away, but because of the speed and the quick start, something fell off the hump. Mm. The men walked over to the object that fell and found what they say was, quote, a human skull <gasps> with a few shreds of flesh and hair still clinging to it. Oh, ugh. Right? Oh, God. Oh, God. He ran so fast. The head fell off? The head fell off. God. So now he's got a headless body. Oh, God. Just like uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, like a weird fucked up southwest version of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, the headless camelman. <laughs> now, this corroborated Cyrus's story. Yeah, I'd say pretty well, yeah. And now people were curious as to how a dead man ended up on the back of a live camel. <laughs> My working theory is that he was alive when he got up there. <laughs> I don't died when he was up there. I don't know about that, Bill. That seems weird. It seems like he might have dug himself out of the grave 
and then just popped himself up on there. Well, I'm saying it's a working theory. All right. Well, I don't know. But basically, you're right. They they all speculated. The, uh, <laughs> they, thought, they thought maybe he was alive when he got on the yeah. camel, sure. So the camels that had escaped, with quotes, from the army would occasionally be recaptured by miners or farm folks and put to work, right? Okay. However, the miner who shot at him and found the skull is quoted saying, quote, The only question is whether the man was tied up, <laughs> tied on for revenge or merely as an ugly piece of humor by someone who had a camel and a corpse for which he had no use. <laughs> so they are speculating whether he dead or alive when he was put on the camel. I've got a camel, a corpse, and too much time on my hands. <laughs> so uh, that's um, You know what? With that, you can create a pretty good prank. The other speculation was maybe the man tied himself to the camel to find water, mm-hmm. like someone who was lost, etc. Hmm. And I'm like, don't tie yourself to the animal that can go days without water. They're not going to go into water. That's true. Like, Tie yourself to a frog. Yeah. They need water all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this frog isn't moving fast, but it's getting me there. <laughs> I've got that image in my head. So, tie yourself to a frog. Crush the frog. Yeah. Then drink it. So basically, they now know it's a camel with a dead guy on the back. So sure. now it's like, it's still scary, but they now know That's what it is. far scarier to me <laughs> than the devil on a horseback. Right. So the Red Ghost would make a few more appearances over the next few years after they learned of the dead man on his back. At mall openings. And... <laughs> oh my God, they got the Red Ghost to appear. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. The, the, the Red Ghost had to uh, bow out. Instead, we have Tiffany. Oh, God. Sorry. Tiffany. <laughs> She's at everything. <laughs> Fine. I like her, too. Uh, so the first time it was seen was when it attacked a group of Teamsters who were sleeping in a caravan, and it knocked over two different wagons and screamed a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the idea of, like, you put these caravan here? This is where I'm standing. Get this caravan out of here. No, you know, I'm going to knock this over. Go home, camel. You're drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk. You're drunk. You just threw up in your mouth. <laughs> so the Teamsters ran away, and when they came back in the morning, they found the hair and the hoof prints. So they're like, oh, man. That's the red ghost again. So then the next year, a cowboy would... <laughs> it turned out, when they took off the hood, it was Old Man Withers the whole time. <laughs> and I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for the fact that I'm old. <laughs> I can't run as fast anymore. <laughs> and you're meddling, kids. <laughs> I was fine. It was this jackass of a stepson that was playing the back half of the camel that fucked us over. It kept farting. <laughs> I wanted it to end. <laughs> so the next next year, a cowboy would stumble upon it. All right. Mm-hmm. And I love this quote from ArizonaOddities.com. So I'm going <laughs> to read it to you. Quote. <laughs> John McCain is. <laughs> Traditionally, cowboys have been unable to resist the temptation to rope anything that wears hair, and this fellow was no exception. He built a fast loop in his rope and tossed it over the camel's head. Suddenly, the angry beast turned and charged. The cowboy's horse tried to dodge, but to no avail. Horse and rider went down, and as the camel galloped off in a cloud of dust, the astonished cowboy recognized the skeletal remains of a man lashed to its back. Whoa. I just love that, that, that quote in particular, that idea that, like, cowboys can't help but lasso anything with hair. Yeah, true. I'm like, yeah. come on, my house. Oh, Jesus. I, I have hair. I have hair. <laughs> Jesus. And mad. time on my hands. You can get mad at a cowboy hat. Come on. Come lasso me up. All right. Ooh. All right. 
Finally, nine years later, the red mm. ghost would meet the end of its story. Yeah, this old fucking camel. It's an old camel. Yeah. A rancher named Mizzou mm-hmm. Hastings. Yeah, I don't know why his name is Mizzou Hastings, but it, it's... I don't care. I love it. I love it. I, too. I hope it's a real name. Anyway, he would wake up mm-hmm. and see from his window a giant camel eating his food from his cabin. Okay. So he's like looking out of his cabin window and he's like, yeah, the camel. Am I still drunk? Yeah. <laughs> So, like I said before about idiots with guns, he got his gun, put it in the window, and with one shot, took out the red ghost. Oh, no. I know. It's sad. Are you okay? I I mean, this is actually the worst part of the story. I'm sure it is. It's funny, too, because the entire situation could have been avoided if someone had just said, Salam alaikum, to the, to the thing. Oh, like spoken in his native yeah, tongue? They yeah, they just spoke to him in his language. So He just wanted to be understood. When he went outside to look at the now dead animal, he saw scars all over the back of the camel, indicating that for years the red ghost had had something strapped to its back. Yeah. But the man had somehow become dislodged after a time, and no one knows what happened to it, okay. to the body. Hopefully he found peace somewhere, doubtful since his head was removed from his body. Yeah, no, I don't think that was really... It wasn't the most peaceful death <laughs> I've ever heard of. <laughs> He died in some manner unknown. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is the bright side to the red ghost? What a crazy fucking story. Well. All because the military wanted to get across the desert. Because the leader of the Confederate Army. Yeah. Wanted camels back when we were still a united nation before the Civil War. Good Lord. All right. Well, first for me is that it's a ghost story that even though it scared people and it got confirmed and debunked all at once. So it's like <laughs> this this did happen. The woman did get trampled, but it right. was by a camel, not the devil mm-hmm. and the devil horse, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, I, I also wanted to point out, I love the fact that the one woman screams, right? Mm-hmm. And the other woman's response is to not go out and try and help, but to just barricade the door and be like, oh, you're oh, on your own. Oh, hold on. She had kids and stuff, and no, they were in the middle of a war. Like, no, if I, a person's screaming at that level, like, it's time to save your kids and barricade yourself in your house. That's fair. I'm totally on her side about that. I still think she could have at least... Well, anyway. I, you, she might have been like, Sarah, and then, like, barricades happen, that's it. <laughs> like, look, that bitch knows where the house is, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if, she, <laughs> okay. if she can get back, she needs to do that. Yeah, you got five seconds, Sarah. I, I got kids to feed and yeah. take care of here. So, <laughs> the other thing, it's for me, the bright side is that, like, once people knew what it was, they were able to do something about it. Right, shoot it, if that, <laughs> whenever possible. <laughs> if you see it, shoot to kill. <laughs> uh, yeah, either shoot it or run away from it. Yeah. yeah. We have, well, and we here's have these the, options. Here's the deal. The To an extent, I honestly wish they hadn't killed the camel. I wish they could have contained it and, and given it help and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But like, if you think about it, this was a very emotionally abused animal because it, there was a giant dead thing attached to its back. Yeah. And the smell of dead animals freaks out all other animals. Yeah, but from what I know of camels, which is basically only this story, uh, camels aren't that bothered by a lot of stuff, <laughs> really. <laughs> Unless you try to beat them, you know, and shoot them. Well, I feel like the the straps didn't feel good. It was uncomfortable. Probably not. Probably not. It got hot. But, like, one of them didn't even notice when a, when a rattlesnake bit it. It was like, what? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a nice rattle you have there. It's a shame that I just crushed your head. <laughs> <laughs> nice poison you have. Yeah. <laughs> nice poison you have. Look at what I can spit out. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so I also really like the fact that 
most times with mass hysteria, people don't get over it until many other people die. Hmm. In this case, it was solved in a way where most people didn't go shooting each other. It was just the camel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, not great ending for the camel, but at least, like, they didn't just... Well, you know what? This was in 1885. You're like, that camel was going to die. Right. Well, <laughs> it's definitely dead now. You know what I think the bright side is? This is the origin of standard ground laws. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't come to my house and eat my food. Boo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Boo. This is like this is a, uh, this is like basically PTSD from the pig from yeah, the pig wars. I know, I'm sorry. You and your military animals. I know. It's Something sad. Oh, at least you know what though, we're getting closer to actual animal soldiers on this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the last one was just a pig that just sort of existed. When this camel like or the the camels, they fought back. Yeah, they, they sure flattened did. people. They sure did, but it's not. A, I mean, like, it's not a good story when it's usually not a good story. So you know, our animal listeners, take note of this. Don't go over to humans' places and start eating their food. Right. They get real upset about it. They, and if they have a gun, they just—they don't know what they're doing with their lives except shooting things. Yeah. They. <sighs> Second Amendment, man. Am it's, I right? It's terrible. <laughs> They meant bear's arms, not bear arms. Oh, you're allowed to have two bear's arms. Yes. And then claw at things if necessary. Yes. Oh. Duh. You should put a call in to someone about this. It was a typo. There should have been an apostrophe and an S. Oh, fuck. But. This is why proofreading is so important. It's so important, people. Mm. So another big thing that I like is that thankfully the government didn't bring over thousands of camels and then release them all into the wild accidentally, allowing for like an invasive species to take over. Because these guys really would have taken over. Well, they were very well suited to the environment. Right. And there's also a small part of me that's really sad that they didn't. Yeah. Because how fucking rad would that be? Because all we get is bison. Yeah. (laughs) I want bisons and camels. I want roaming herds of American wild camels. Yeah. They're just like, hell yes. And, uh, you know... You don't want to go pet him. He'll bite your arm off. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's a good time. I rode a camel once. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I've never rode in a camel. What was it like? It feels like it'd be super awkward. I was really tiny when I rode a camel. Because right where you want the person to be, there's a giant hump that you can't like get around. Right. I don't... I feel like they put something on there that you like sit on. Yes, they do. They do. Oh. So you ever... cool. What a fucking weird story. You've never ridden a camel then? No. Have you ever ridden anything weird? I don't mean people. Decline to comment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been drunk before, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I I have so many feelings right now. <clears throat> oh, thank you for bringing this to our attention. What a crazy fucking story. I love yeah, it. I actually so, love it. Another little ghost story to tell the kiddos. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jason T. Gaffney, for telling us about the Red Ghost of Arizona. And thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to everyone for sending us good, supporting vibes during filming. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Yep. As this, When this comes out, we will have finished production. Or we're about to. We're actually. just about to. We're just about to. Like two days left. Fantastic. So uh, we will be back next week with a report on how all that went. <laughs> and thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. Have a good time. Bye. And then he kicked me. Can you believe it? So I just bit his hand off. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just 
keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brightside K and J and on Facebook at The Brightside with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.